Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back. So this is part two in church communication. This is focusing on two-way communication. And the first part, the one-way communication, preacher to the reacher, we discussed a bit on pastoral-type presentations, where you're listening to a sermon, and then, for the most part, there's not a lot of back and forth between the uh, congregation and the preacher. Uh, because if there was, he probably wouldn't get finished. However, a lot of congregations got a lot of good stuff going on. I mean, you know, they'll amen and write on and preach on and I'll, I love that stuff. The thing is, uh, other other congregations are a little more, I don't know, we use the word sedate, but it's a little more calm about it. They don't, they don't, they just kind of expect you to sit there and listen. Now, in two-way communication, two-way communication, you have to have a dialogue. The dialogue has to be a back and forth, okay? Now, most of the time, when you talk about two-way, that means both parties, whoever they are, and that could be two people, or it could be two groups, or it could be a person and a group, but there is a back and forth where one person says something and the other person is processing that, listening, then they say something back. And you find more often than not, especially in the New Testament, in the Gospels, if you look at Jesus's moments with the disciples, his teaching moments, a lot of that, uh, you know, and there's some argumentation, is that small group or not? And what is a small group? How many you have in a small group? You know, was it just the 12 or was it everyone else? Because there were other disciples. Jesus had plenty of other disciples. But what we'll do is let's look at one particular incident where Jesus is actually talking to uh, a crowd, all right? Now, this is right after he had fed this crowd. It's in John uh, chapter 6, starting in verse 22. Because there's a reason for that. There is a back and forth going on between Jesus and this crowd. But it says in... 22, starting there, it says, On the next day the crowd that remained on the other side of the sea saw that there had been only one boat there, and that Jesus had not entered the boat with his disciples, but that his disciples had gone away alone. Other boats from Tiberias came near the place where they had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. So, when the crowd saw that Jesus was not there, nor his disciples... They themselves got into the boats and went to 
Capernaum seeking Jesus. And this was, there were actually two Capernaums. There was a Capernaum Maritima, which was by the sea. And that wouldn't be the Sea of Galilee, that'd be the Mediterranean. And then there was the this Capernaum, which is on the interior, away from the sea. But it says that, getting back to verse 25, that when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you come here? And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me, not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of loaves. Don't work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Okay, now that's a, a huge statement, by the way. The term Son of Man was a very Hebraic way of saying, I am the Messiah. The Baranash in Hebrew. And uh, and then when he says God the Father, okay, who do they pray they pray God the Father has set his seal on him? Well that's 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 big. He's also in uh, his examination of the crowd, this group, that uh, he knew immediately why they were there. Uh, they were there because they ate a really good meal, you know, the day before, and it was pretty, pretty awesome. And they said, "Hey, hey, this guy's pretty awesome. Uh, he is better than a McDonald's. He can, uh, he can work this thing uh, maybe as often as he needs to, huh? And feed us, uh, you know, feed us every day. Now." The dialogue they have, back and forth, and this is the real key, okay, is is kind of interesting. So, in verse 28, Then they said to him, What must we do to be doing the things of God? Now, that's a good question, okay? I mean, I mean that is a good question. And Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that you believe in him who he has sent. And, and now, now they've, they've got a plan working. They, they, they got a, they're wor- working this. Okay, so they said to him, Then what sign do you do that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? All right, now look. He had just fed this group with just a few fishes and, and loaves, okay? He, he had just like recently, within probably 48 hours, he had done this. And they're like asking him for a, another sign? Uh, what, are you, what, are you, what are you getting at? Now, here's, here's the clincher. It's in, uh, it's in verse 31. Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. 
He being Moses, by the way, or could be referring to God. But uh, you, you see how this conversation has like turned back around. They're not listening to what Jesus had to say. Okay, what they're doing is they're working. They're they're <laughs> they're hearing just enough to to work the argument around a little bit. Because remember in verse 28 earlier they said, what must we do to be doing the, the works of God? Now, the works of God in that context from the crowd could mean, hey, how can we do these crazy, crazy, awesome miracles? How, how, how does that work? You know, we we like we like this jazz. It's this going on. This this you know multiplying food type stuff. That that's pretty handy. And I believe that that's really where they were going with that because Jesus turns around and says, "Look, believing in me, because he's already said he's the Messiah, and he's already said that God, the Father, the One God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, put his seal on." Him. All right. And they're going right back around and saying, "Oh well, you, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah." But what kind of what kind of stuff can you do? So then Jesus, in verse thirty-two, says, "Then Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my Father gives you the true bread from heaven." For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Alright. Now, we are having... There are two different conversations going on here. And and this is where I'm going to have to interject about listening. A process of listening, especially in Bible study, has to be be questions you have to be able to ask questions so what is a small group a small group is a group that you can ask the teacher questions back and forth you know the members in the group if it is too big to where that cannot happen then that is not a small group all right that is a group where you are in a presentation kind of thing So there's got to be enough room in there, in the size of the group, for there to be a back and forth. Now, in this situation, one conversation Jesus is having is is trying to get them to understand. Look, you know, and and again, you know, he was referring to Moses. You know, Moses didn't give you the bread from heaven. So they're thinking, well, you know, um, when they use the passage, says it's written, and they're referring to the Old Testament, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Well, you know, that he refers to Moses. But, Jesus is saying, well, that, that wasn't Moses. That was, that was God. That was the Father that gave you that. Because what they're trying to do, of course, is they're trying to tag him. They're trying to lay it on Jesus. Hey, 
Hey, you should give us some more of that bread. We won't believe you. Well, he says, look, the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven. That's him. In, in a metaphor, okay? He's using a metaphor, which is a figure of speech, an example. And they say, whoa, in verse 34, sir, give us this bread always. So, yeah, man, they're looking for a meal ticket, nonstop. And they're <laughs> not understanding. He's not talking about wonder bread. He's not talking about the wheat bread. He's not talking about matzah. He's talking about himself. Then Jesus says, he said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall never thirst. Again, it's a metaphor. And eventually, this goes back and forth to the point where down in verse 41, they say, so the Jews grumbled about him because he said, I'm the bread that comes down from heaven. It's because they're not understanding. But they, they didn't come to the table wanting to understand what the teacher had to teach. So, think about this in a two-way communication situation. It really ought to be a sharing experience. I've taught Sunday school classes, and, and I've even taught college classes. I've taught a lot of different kinds of classes. And it never ceases to amaze me how much I can learn, even as the teacher, if people will just ask questions. Because I'll, they'll ask questions sometimes. People will ask questions that I never thought of looking at it that way before. And it's fantastic because, because I get to learn too and I get to participate in that process, in that two-way two -way communication, that back and forth. But both of you, both people, both groups have to be listening to each other. Jesus listening fine. He understood exactly where they were coming from. They did not understand him because they were looking for a meal ticket. Pretty much, that's the agenda they got there with. And he was totally explaining something uh, very different than what they were trying to trying to think of. They they kept going very literal on him on a loaf of bread, and he kept going figuratively on them, with him being the source of all life, the source of life. And they just wouldn't, they just couldn't wrap their brain around it. So, eventually, with this back and forth, and this is a great passage because this back and forth, this is, this is, well, not the best teaching moment for the crowd, but for us it's a fantastic teaching moment because we get to look back on it. So, in church, in church, church communication, two-way church communication, when you approach any, whether it's two people, two groups, or a mixture, 
both people, both parties who are trying to communicate with each other have to show up wanting to learn from each other. Wanting to learn something from each other. They have to ask questions. Not just blurt out something and then wait for somebody to say something and blurt out something else because you know when someone's not listening. If somebody cuts you off in a sentence, they're not listening very well. Might be listening a little. But you have to have that back and forth. And then a really good way to determine is to is to recount what the other person's saying to them so that they can tell you, yeah, that's what I mean. That's a really good practice. You say, okay, if, if I understand you right, I hear you saying this, blah, 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 blah. And they'll say, no, that's not what I mean. Or, yeah, that's kind of what I mean. And they should do the same thing for you so that you know that they understand what you're talking about. It's really kind of crazy sometimes that Bible study only takes, I mean, is only given 30 minutes. All right, because unfortunately in that format, uh, literally by the time everybody settles down, you're getting to the point where you don't have a lot of time. I mean, you know, 20, 15 minutes maybe. And then it becomes, okay, i got to regurgitate this lesson so, so we can go to the main service. So with that kind of format, an hour is great. But a lot of people, man, you say, oh, let's do, wow, let's study the Bible for an hour. They're going to freak out. Um, now, look at that passage and see what you think. But we all have so much we can give to each other, especially if we listen to what God wants to give us. And we'll listen. So with that in mind, we're encouraging. Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. If you would like to support this ministry, then please go to Patreon under L.A. Blackburn. May God bless every effort you make to do His will in His Word.